Welcome to Afros in the Diaspora. My name is Sarah. I am your host. And together we will vent, rant, laugh, and cry as we discuss the highs and lows of being an immigrant. Stay tuned for stories that will inspire, inform, entertain, and give hope. This is Afros in the Diaspora. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Afros in the Diaspora podcast. Polga, you are our guest for today. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to chat with you. It has yeah. been a great time working with you. Yeah, how are you feeling? Tell me, tell me. I feel blessed, you know. I'm good. I'm just, you know, excited and, and thank you so much for uh, for inviting me. You know, it was nice to, uh, when I worked with you on Death and the King's Horseman and then having you invite me to be a guest on this podcast, it's nice. So I'm good. Thank you. Yes, glad to hear. Mm-hmm. So we are going to start with a couple of icebreakers, okay? So first thing you're going to do for me today, you are going to answer a riddle. All right. You have one minute to answer this riddle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with this riddle, you get a hint. So if you want me to repeat the question and give you a hint, you get a hint, okay? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. I am not alive, but I grow. I don't have lungs, but I need air. I don't have a mouth, but water kills me. What am I? Can you repeat again? Wow. Yes. I am not alive, but I grow. I don't have lungs, but I need air. I don't have a mouth, but water kills me. What am I? And your hint? It is always hot. Oh. And your time starts now. Ah, man, this is a hard one. The answer is really simple. I promise. <sighs> you got is this. It? Yes, it's is really it? simple. Yes. Man, I can't find it. I, I'm hot. That's your, that's your hint. I don't have lungs, yes. but I need air. I don't have a mouth, but water kills me. What do you think is hot that water can kill? Okay, all I can think is fire. Fire! That's the answer. Is that it? Yeah. Wow. Why was I thinking too much when the, when the thing is like is like so essential to life and we all know what it is? I'm like, of course it's fire. Exactly. I'm, I'm, even though you you pushed me towards the answer so much, I basically fed you the answer. <laughs> there you go. I know, right? So <laughs> that's yeah. okay. So I'm proud of answering though, even though you gave me the answer, but it came out of my mouth, so I feel good. Yeah, and you should, and you should. <laughs> <laughs> Our second icebreaker for today. Did you grow? I know you grew up in Mozambique, um, and we'll hear a story mm-hmm. in a little while. But mm-hmm. did you grow up hearing all these myths that grown ups tell to children to kind of keep them in line? I, an example of one I heard all the time if you eat the seed of a fruit, the fruits will grow in your belly. So if you were, you know, eating an orange and you swallowed one of the seeds, you were, mm-hmm. you know, a tree was about to start growing in your belly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that is very, I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah. There's one that I remember, like, uh, I think my parents used to say, if you, if you lose a teeth, um, you have to speed up, not down, if you want your teeth to grow. So you, you literally, it, it's so strange because, you, you know, like, you know, there's those, that myth that you have to put the teeth under the bed or, or, or the, one, the one that you have to th- throw the, the tooth on top of the roof, you know? Ah. Yes, that's another one. Why? Why the roof? 
That's a good question. They said it's the only way you can throw your loose tooth is on top of the roof. And then later, maybe the bird will take it away somewhere. And then magically, your tooth is going to grow. If mm. you don't throw it there, you're never going to grow your tooth again. Some other people would say if you lose your teeth, you have to spit it. The blood that comes out of it, of course, you have to spit it up into the air, not down into the ground. Right? I'm like, now that I'm in Canada, I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> Why? Like, you literally have to face the sky and spit up, and then that's it. The, the ancestors somehow. I'm like, wow, this is wait, insane. Wait, yeah. but if you, if you mm -hmm. spit up, won't, the, won't it come right back to your face, though? No, but you spit sideways, too, and then you, you avoid it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other one that I remember, like, for example, this only was uh, for guys. If you want to pierce your ear... You only have to go to a lady over 70s and, you know, like ladies that are widow. Because if a female put a, you know, a needle in your ear to pierce you and then they have some sexual relationship the next day, your ears will slow, swallow. Like whoever makes the hole in your ear cannot have sex the same day. Wow. Yes. I've never heard that one before. This is my first time ever. So if... If if someone that is sexually active pierces your ear, then your ears will swell up and just grow bigger? Correct. Bigger than the other one. So it's funny because I, I, I have an ear piercing. I have it on my left ear because it was done by this lady and she's like, you know, she's older. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go to a young lady and do that. Then they have like a boyfriend or something. So now I think about it, I'm like, wow, can't believe I believed on that. Did something like that happen to someone that they just assumed the reason they, you know, they had a swelling was because uh -huh. of the person that pierced it? Was that based on like something that actually happened? No, just something. Nope. That they <laughs> no. And, it, and it's funny because if they saw a guy with a, a ear that is swollen for whatever reason, they just assume like, ooh, who did your ear? Then they'll be like, this person, oh my God, this person, you know, had sex last night or something. Then, you know, they'll make up stories and stuff. <laughs> this is too funny. Oh yeah. This is too yeah. funny. Another mm -hmm. one that I grew up hearing actually was if you chew chewing gum, mm -hmm. right? If you chew gum and you swallow it, as a woman, you would no longer be able Ooh. to have kids. Are you serious? Yes. I heard that it will go down and block like the place where babies come out that you would never have a kid again. Like there's so many crazy. When, and when you think about it, how many women have swollen gun before gun before everybody Most has. people like <laughs> at least once. <laughs> right. And they all have, and they all have kids now at this, this moment, most of them at least. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So made no sense, but mm -hmm. as kids, we believed yeah. it because our parents didn't want us swallowing gum, basically. I know. Right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So let's, let's get into our topic for today. That sounds exciting. Yeah. And, you know, uh -huh. we're just going to chat. We're going to talk about your story, Polga, as I an like immigrant. I know, you, I know you as an amazing artist based here in Canada. <laughs> I know you as a dancer. You own your dance company. I know you as an yeah, actor, a fantastic yeah, actor. Bro. But you know, uh, you weren't you weren't you weren't born in Canada, right? You have a beautiful story. And I just, you know, I just want you to mm -hmm. share it with us. I just want you to yeah. just give us the highlights of, of your story of moving to Canada. Wow, this is all beautiful. Um, yeah, thanks for this question. I feel like I've I've explained this story many times that every time I uh I share this story, I tell it differently because you know, like 
I feel, but the story is the same, you know, like the energy changes, but the story is the same. So, yeah, I mean, I was born in uh, Mozambique, born and raised in Mozambique. And uh, I used to be a professional youth soccer player with a junior team in Mozambique. And uh, that was my goal. My dream was to be a soccer player, you know, like that's, you know, that's all I watched. I wanted to be a soccer player. I wanted to be a soccer star. Like every other child, every other kid wants to be a big star. You know what I mean? Like that was the dream. Oh my God, I want to be like, Messi, Ronaldo, those guys. But, you know, one day, um, my father used to come and watch me play all the time. But one day we had a final game and, uh, you know, like back home when there's a final game, there's like a ritual, music, drumming, everything that happening in the field. And, you know, we, I'm there warming up and then I saw this traditional African dance group performing. Uh, men and girls and everybody full of drummers, everybody with the makeup, paint and face and traditional ritual outfit. I'm like, wow, this is nice. So I go there. I'm like, hey, can I try and learn this thing that you guys are doing? It looks fun. You know, they're like, yeah, come down. We don't get paid. So if you want to dance, just come. We have a rehearsal on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm like, OK, Monday I'm coming. So I went and I took my first dance class. And uh, actually, 20 years ago this year, that was my first dance class. And um, I loved it. I know. 20 years ago, I'm like, how did time fly so fast? And uh, I loved it. It was just me and this girl. Because, you know, people, some the, dance, the, the, the dancers, they knew the dance so much that they did barely show up to rehearsals. They just show up to performance because they knew it. <laughs> so I go to rehearsal, just me and this new girl. We're like learning and stuff. And then, you know, within three years, I was getting it. I was practicing i was getting better and better and getting better and better i feel like wow this thing is actually taking care taking my life now i think that's what i what i want to do now i completely forgot about this soccer dream that i had now i want to be the best dancer that i can be you know yeah that that was it and then you know we were like dancing and then there was a group of uh uh, missionaries uh, uh canadian missionaries that were doing like church work in mozambique at the time and uh, they came to one of rehearsal one day and they were like, hey, guys, uh, we have this group from Canada that want to come and work with you guys and do some kind of workshop and theater. They're like, yeah, why not? And uh, that's when uh, a year later in 2006, 2005, a group of Canadians actually came to Mozambique, four of them, to do a Shakespeare uh, Midsummer Night Dream in Africa with with the company I was dancing with. So we did one month intention of like creating this play into movement. They came to uh, Mozambique with like the entire uh, Shakespeare play script and realized that we mostly dance. We don't memorize script. And uh, so they had to cut all the scripts out. <laughs> they had a few scripts here. I know, right? I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess this big, long three hours play we are gonna find a way to make it into one hour so we did a shakespeare play miss summer night dream in mozambique and then that's the moment when uh, i met kathy mckinnon who is the voice coach in stratford i also she was the director of shakespeare link the company that went to mozambique to work with us so kathy asked every member of the company where do you see yourself in five years what's your dream you know write it down everybody got a pen and paper i was writing down in portuguese everybody have the same story I want to be the best dancer I can be. I want to go to dance school if I can. I want to be a professional. I want to make money out of this thing because, you know, there's no, we didn't see the future financially there like that. So that's what I said. For me, I was like, every time I saw like a ballet dancer, I'm like, I want to learn how to point my feet. I want to do contemporary dance. I want to learn contemporary dance and I want to be an African dancer, mix up African and contemporary dance. That was my dream. I want to mix this. thing. So 
Kathy and the group, they left and then they sent an email saying like, you know what, we want to bring you guys next year to Canada and uh, come and do workshop and perform this place that we created together here and bring it to Canada. We were like, oh, okay, sure. Promise like that, we've heard before many times. Is this going to happen? Who knows? We, we, I didn't take it very seriously until they asked everybody to get their passports done. I'm like, whoa, passport? This is the first time I had a passport now. I Never thought about I'm going to have a passport. I never thought I'm going to be able to fly in a plane before. I was like, so this thing that I wrote it down in this piece of paper, it might come to life one day. So I go home and I told my sister, oh, I'm getting my passport. I might be going to Canada one day. My sister's like, oh, you're going crazy. You know, stupid. You, what are you talking about? Get out of here, man. You, I don't want to hear this nonsense. <laughs> you know, like nobody believed it. I'm like, well, we'll see. And then bang, we had passport with Canadian visa on it. I was like, wow, this is getting crazy. It's real. And now in 2006, that's when we got our tickets and everything. I'm like, okay, we're going to Canada next month. My sister did not believe. So I went to the market, you know, I went to, you know, the markets, traditional market, they said clothes on the floor, right? In piles, put like, yeah. So you lift it up and you put it down until you find the right one. I was choosing the best outfit because I'm, go I'm going to Canada. I want to show up looking fly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I picked I picked whatever I thought it was the best. When I look at the pictures now, they I'm like, what was I wearing? But um <laughs> literally I was wearing like white white pants with sandals and socks. Who wears that? Ooh. Unless your grandpa. <laughs> yeah. You apparently. <laughs> exactly. And I thought it was fashion. I I thought I was looking good. <laughs> so, you know, I took my stuff and I'm ironing my sister's like, wow, <clears throat> you're actually flying today? excuse me i said yeah i'm going to canada she's like she doesn't believe it so this truck with the musicians playing tr drum on top of the truck they came to my house to pick me up they're going to pick up every dancer that's supposed to come 16 of us on that truck truck so my neighborhood once they hear this loud drum coming from a truck every child you know when kids hear a sound like that every child just runs into the streets like what's going on they're like, oh, Uncle Pulga is traveling to Canada today. You know, Uncle, when I'm saying Uncle, I'm, I'm still like young, but you know, the, those kids, yeah. they'll call you Uncle because that's how it should be. It's respect. Oh, I know. Of course. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I train, I train my kids to do that. Everybody that comes to my house that is older than me, that is my age, that is older than them, it's Uncle and Auntie. <clears throat> that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was like. You don't like, call people by their names. No, no, no. You, this is, I only found out when I came to Canada. You don't do that back home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so. All the kids, oh, Uncle Pulga is leaving. My sister is like, she couldn't believe. I got in there. I'm hugging people saying goodbye. I'll be back in one month. We're going to Canada, do the show, come back. I, all right, we drove to the airport. You know, uh, we did a check-ins and everything. I'm sitting down waiting for the flight. And then someone calls me, say, Pulga, there's uh, your sister's waiting for you outside. I'm like, what do you mean? My sister walked for like 40 minutes to the airport to come and say goodbye. She, she, she actually literally wanted to see the, the airplane leaving. She's like, this is not real. You know, and, and my sister is like someone who raised me. So I think she was also afraid. She's like, I just want to make sure that you're actually being taken by the right people, <laughs> yeah, that you make it alive, that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, but when I'm gone, you won't be able to, to take care of that. But I appreciate the concern, though. So I, you know, say goodbye. I got, you know, we came to Canada and uh, 16 of us entered Toronto, big city. We felt like stars, you know? Cars pick us up and drop us off. And you, I was like, this is a privilege. You get picked up in your house by car and be dropped by a rehearsal space and do show. And then the car is waiting for you and then take you to the next location. I'm like, wow, this is real life. This is actually something I love, 
you know, privilege. I've never had that before. And uh, a month goes by, even actually before the, the time was over, Kathy comes to me with, with a dictionary and she asked me if I want to stay here and go to a dance school. And she will uh, pay for my tuition and take care of me and all of that. Yes. And I did not speak English. So it, this all was on a dictionary, word by word. Yeah. Wow. I wow. know. And, uh, and I'm like, wow, what's going on? Then I had this flashback of that dream that I had about like becoming a soccer player. I'm like, maybe the dream now is actually performing on the biggest stage in the world. Wow. So, so I said, yes, I, the, the, the vision was clear. I said, yes, I'm doing it. And, you know, bang, the company was leaving. But actually before that, the company members were like, no, because, you know, Pulga, you have to go to Mozambique first and then ask your parents for permission. We brought you here. We want to make sure that whatever happens to you is nobody's responsibility. Then I told them, guys, um, I'm 18 years old and I think I'm old enough to make my decisions. And also, I know if I go to Mozambique, this opportunity probably will be lost. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I said, yes, Kathy took me to school the next day. I mean, when I, the, the tough part for me was when those guys were heading back to Mozam, to, to the Mozambique. So we went to the airport. We were like saying goodbye. And then I was in tears because I realized like, now I'm going to be here alone, even though I have mm -hmm. Kathy and, you know, people, there'll be people supporting me, but I'm like, I'm going to be alone. I don't know anybody mm -hmm. coach. I don't know the culture. I don't know the language. I don't know how to mm -hmm. communicate. I don't know how to yeah. ask questions. I don't know how to answer questions, you know? So I'm going to be literally alone inside emotionally mentally i'll be alone here so i said goodbye those guys left i was crying and stuff and then that was it i did you know somehow i found the strength to make it i did three years of school contemporary dance school and then i did audition for toronto dance theater uh, which is one of the best company contemporary dance company in the country so you know so and i got the job they gave me a a, a, a position as a member of the company and the reason why, you know, during the audition, there was like people doing like stretching and doing like legs up, touching the sky, if you want to say it, like <laughs> fle crazy flexibility. <laughs> wow. I'm like, man, I've been training this thing for three years. My leg is not even that high. What, what are the chances that I'm going to get this job? You know, so I was intimidated yeah. by that. But mm -hmm. after the audition was done, the director came and said like, OK, now I want everybody that I was selected. 10, 10, 10 female, 10 male, each person to go one by one and the judge will watch you. And then you just improvise, do whatever you want. And then just, we want to see what improvisation skills are. I, you know, I watch everybody doing this stuff. I'm like, yeah, that person can turn so well. That person can jump so well. I said, now, since I'm the only African here, let me bring Africa to you guys. You know? And that's it. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. That's it. It was, it was, that was the moment that pretty much brought, brought me to the place where I am right now. I was singing in native language, Schwabo. I was dancing traditional African dance. My body was shaking. My body was, I was whistling and I was like making weird faces and stuff. They're like, this is different. This is not contemporary dance. We want that. We want him. Ooh. So I was chill. I'm like, you know what? I crushed it. I told myself, I crushed it. That moment, I owned it. Mm. I felt unique. I felt so unique that moment. So the next day I got a phone call and uh, they told me, Pulga, you, uh, we want to offer you the position of, as a member of the company. So I danced with TDT for 11 years until 2019. I left the company to become an independent and focus on myself. So that's what's been happening now. Wow, Pulga. I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry for a long story like that. No, 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 no. Don't apologize because okay, I don't know if you, mm -hmm. I don't know if you believe in God, but I just yeah. feel like every single thing that happened. Yeah. It felt like you were going according to like design and a plan because it's God's will. Yeah. 
I, I'm one of those people, I don't believe in coincidences and like, oh, it's just, oh, it's just a coincidence. I don't believe in that. I believe no. that everything no. in life is intentional according yep. to a plan and a design. And Polga, yes. your story is so beautiful and inspiring. Yeah, bro. Shout out to people like Kathy. Like, who just yeah. looks at someone and says, you know what? Let me pay for your yeah. tuition. You know what I mean? Because she basically, exactly. she sponsored you. Like, she was your sponsor oh, oh, yeah. uh, here in Canada. And, and where? Where will you find that? Where? No, you you know don't. what I mean? You, you don't. And also, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like 18 going to 19. Okay. And this is like a, another, I'm an, I'm, 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 I'm a man now at this moment when you're 19, 18, 19, you're able to make choices that are good or not good, that you can mm-hmm. pay the price for it, you know? Yes. And the fact that you trust, she trusted me to actually be in her house and not knowing me so well. I'm like, you don't even know me. I mean, wow. I can be, I can be a criminal in Mozambique. Yep. You know, like, but she just had the vision that, nope, I don't see that in your eyes. I think you're a good person. I'm going to just believe that you, you're you going to be fine. And and, and and I was, you know, like, trust me, I, I did everything I could to make Kathy proud. I've, I've, I was following everything online, you know. I was coming home on time, you know, because back home when you say I'm coming today, it's tomorrow, right? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Polga, I, like, yeah. your story is so inspiring. When you were saying it, I started to tear mm. up. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my eyes were starting to, please. I was like, who is cutting <laughs> onions here? I just, oh, my eyes boy. started to tingle for yeah. real because that your story is so beautiful and powerful and it kind of gives hope to like it brings hope to people like Mm -hmm. it inspires hope that you know somebody can help you like your helper can come Mm -hmm. from literally anywhere so thank you so much for sharing that is just amazing and i hope that you know your story inspires you to like do that for someone else in whatever way shape or form you know what i mean that story that I, that i told he created like meaning in my life you know like he gave mm. me he gave me purpose now i have a purpose and my purpose mm. is the same purpose that i had which is support as many people as i can mm. and this goes for my family like we we did a fundraiser uh two years ago to build a uh, cultural center back in, in my town mm-hmm. for for artists you know like and and they have a space that they can actually go and practice for free yeah amazing amazing wow we did that you know oh my god i'm so amazed i just i'm just i've been saying wow this whole time i'm just like (laughs) ah this is so cool sarah is getting to know me so well now yes yes i love it i love it i love it my story is very much different i I moved here Mm. as a as a international student uh-huh. And then I went through the whole, like, going to school, then applying yep. for work permit. Then as an mm-hmm. artist, that is that is one of the most difficult things oh, God, you can yeah. do is, oh, yes. is try to get papers through through being an oh, immigrant yes. and through, like, freelance work and through, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But, you know, here we are. After working with, with you, like, it's also like you you work hard. You You put a lot of a lot of energy into things that you you believe on that's and that's what that's what it gets you where you are right now too as you said it believe on the destiny like all yeah. those tireless days of school and visa and <laughs> money and stuff now look at you like in stratford doing your thing you know come on you know i'm trying i'm trying one Yo, step at a time one out. day at a time shout out, <laughs> shout out. i see um, you yeah, I see you too. I see you too. I great. see you too. Great. Um, great. And let's let's talk about what that was like for you, um, leaving family mm. behind. Mm. You know what I mean? Because in your case, <sighs> you you now have a family of your own based here in Canada. Now you mm-hmm. have kids, beautiful babies. Bless. 
You know what yes. I mean? Mm-hmm. How is that? Like, how would you, how would you articulate that process being of missing home so dearly, missing your friends, missing family, what that separation yeah. was like for you, and then getting to a place of connecting that bridge in a way of building your own family and creating your own, you know, memories and stuff with your mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Talk about that. Wow. Um, I mean, leaving, leaving family behind was the toughest part. You know, I, I actually, people don't ask me a lot of questions like that. Like you're like one of the few people that ask me questions like that. I don't even ask myself those questions. I try to forget it, but it's mm. not, it's, it, and the forgetting is more like, because I don't want to create the pain of the things that, you know, that comes with it, but it's, it's, it's just life. I cannot forget. I cannot ignore it. But to answer the question, you know, like, Living home uh, was was really really hard. Like in Canada, for for uh, even you know, it took me a while for me to find like to find like home here. Even though I was living here, but I didn't find it. I, I was I was searching for it. So you know, like also like I had a I left home. I left my my older brother who was sick, very sick at the time when I came here. And uh, sometimes I feel like I failed him because you know I I had a I had a I had a dream to like help him as much as possible you know i did but i feel like i didn't do enough you know so mm-hmm. there were certain things that i feel guilty about like my parents are getting older i'm not i didn't i, I feel like i haven't spent enough time with them you know when i go home it's like one month and i get busy working so i need to learn how to not do that you know and then i get here then i regret i'm like i wish i spent more time with them mm-hmm. you know but at a time like for me living home was really hard you know like friends i i i just feel like i wish i had friends like the friends that i had back home here you know the friends that you can go and sit on someone's wall you know those fancy houses that people just sit on the wall and look around do nothing yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to sit at the or you sit at the back of the car, like on the boot, and just chat and do nothing all day. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just relax, or in the evening, yeah. Uh, uh, hang. One of those cars that nobody drives been broken for like years, just sits yeah. in the neighborhood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and then that's why we used to group, like, you know, you see with your guys and the girls are passing by and you're like whistling and doing that traditional thing. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and then the girls were like, mm, you know, stupid man, you know, like give you the finger and stuff. And like, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that was home, man. That was just a thing. You know, I was craving a moment that you go to someone's neighbor neighbor's house at night and you like throw rocks and trying to get some mangoes out and catch a few oh mangoes and gosh. run away. And, yes. Yeah. And just pluck fruits. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. And oh. then you, you hear the dog, you hear the dog and you climb the tree and stay quiet for a few seconds because, you know, you cannot <laughs> run. <laughs> Yo, that is so real. That is so real. I, I never, as a kid, I never had the courage to actually cr- like climb trees. But I yeah. had a cousin, a big cousin that we called Auntie because she was just way older than me, than us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she would be the one, like, we'll be down on the bottom with, like, a bucket yeah. or a tray oh, or yeah. something or a plate. And then oh, she's yeah. plucking mm-hmm. it and throwing it at us. And we're, you know, trying oh, to catch yeah. it in the bucket. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. To, like, eat yes. later. Yeah. My, <laughs> my, my neighbor, I was never caught, but my neighbor knew it was me. I was always taking <laughs> all of his sour sap. He knew it. It was me. Sour oh. sap was, like, my thing. 
And mm. <laughs> I, I miss sour stuff though. Oh yes, I once in a while I buy it here because you know things like that. I miss home, and he knew it. He's like, oh man, Pulga. I know it's Pulga. I'm gonna catch him one day. They never caught me because I was <laughs> never caught you. Really, you were slick. No, very slick. Uh, things like that. I knew my stuff, and I hang. Out, I was hanging out with the people that you know, like yeah, it was a thing. So guys will go there and do their thing. You know, so I feel like coming here, I was craving things like that because everything, you know, mm. in North America, I mean, sometimes, you know, with we just forget about how privileged we are here because, you mm -hmm. know, you wake up and the fridge is full of food and like groceries like mm -hmm. five minutes away. You don't even go to someone's house without without calling, without making an appointment, Yeah, you know. You know, yeah, you have to make a give a call someone. Hey, I'm coming today. Are you free? You know, back home, you just knock someone's door and they open the door and they welcome you. You sit down, you wash your hand and you eat, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And honestly, you you talked about something so powerful. Mm. That's guilt. I know some people that are like, uh, no guilt over here. I'm happy to move forward and all that. But I I carry a bit of that as a as an immigrant myself. And I know mm. people that carry that, that like, oh, yes. You know, I want to go back and, you know, retire at home and spend my money back mm. home. Or I want to, like, mm. you know, invest in businesses back home as my way of giving back. Or I want to, you know, try to yeah. visit. Like you said, try to visit and really yeah. try to be present, you know. Even though it'll be inconvenient, you know, some things will be very inconvenient. There's no 24-hour electricity. Yeah. You know, the generators oh, can sure. be so loud and, like, all those different oh, yeah. things. But, but you right. know, that, that I think what you said there is really powerful. And oh, yeah. it's such a weird thing, too, because, like, there really isn't anything to be guilty about. But then, no. you know, there's still the heart still kind of, like, fills that of, like, oh, oh I'm, sure. abandoning, yeah. I'm abandoning people that love me. I'm abandoning people. And there's no yeah. easy way to bring them here for them to be with yeah. me. So, sure. yeah. And, 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 and this is, like, this is on my side, right? Because if, mm -hmm. if, if I ask my family about me living, they'll be like, oh, the best thing that ever happened to our family. You mm. see, like they would say in a different way, even though mm. I'm I'm sad and I'm like, oh man, I feel guilty. I feel sad that I left you guys behind. And they're like, no, no, no. We're glad you left. Go, <laughs> go find. Yes. I'm like, wow. Okay. Go find your life. Go find your future. Go live your life. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. you doing that support us a lot so we we happy that you're doing that and 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 i'm yeah. happy to be doing that for them you know one of the best advice my brother gave me that sometimes when i tell people laugh i'm like i know sounds stupid but i understand where it comes from he told me like when you go to canada and if if whatever case happens leave on the street i don't care i was like what he's like yeah don't come back there's nothing here for you you're gonna come back here hang out with your friends sit in a car drink alcohol and then you know be in trouble just go live in the streets. I'm like, what are you talking about? But then when you actually go deep on what he's saying, though, he's saying like your life is better off there where you have opportunity to live your life than here. I mean, I come from a very, very poor family, you know? So when you actually experience really, really poor stuff, you would understand what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I can understand that. But you see, yes. but going back to the guilt for a second, it's not even always about like, oh, I abandoned family. It's almost mm -hmm. like the the longer that you're away from Africa or from your country, from your culture, mm -hmm. from like the original food, from the soil, from the mm -hmm. language and the accent and the pigeon of vernacular language or the traditional language, it just feels yep. like a separation in a way. Yes. 
I find myself having a desire to grasp on to everything and not lose my Nigerian-ness. So like in as much as like I can switch into some sort of, you know, Canadian oh, yeah. accent, I can I can still break it down in my Nigerian accent. I can if you speak my pigeon, I, I can still speak my pigeon. You know what I mean? So oh, like yeah. there's that desire to hold on to as much of it as possible for as long as possible and pass 100%. that on, even though now you're in another side of the world, but that desire to preserve culture yeah, that desire to preserve your culture, your language, your music, your food, your way of life, the the rhythm in your body, and all those things, and pass it down to yeah. your kids. Talk talk about that for me. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, I I love cooking. Like I always make my fufu in there. You know, okay. Uh, we call it we we call it shima back home, but you know, fufu is the one everybody almost everybody in North America would know as. Yes. You know, so I make my fufu with okra sauce and shrimp and stuff like that. So the things like that are like food that my sister and my sister taught me a lot of stuff about cooking and, and cleaning and making your bed, that kind of stuff. You know, she 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 was like all about manners, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like even for me to get a pierce on my left ear. She was like not happy about it. She's like, what are you doing? You know, she was <laughs> very strict and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. When I come here, I feel like, you know, for my kids, for example, I wanted them to understand, like, I'm very proud of being Africa. And they have to know that that's, that's also their home, you know. When, well, we have, I have two kids now. I have uh, the three, three four, almost four years old and a and five months old baby. So the boy's name is Kafri. Kafri means black in my language. Mm-hmm. Mm. So his, mm. his, his name is, his African name is, uh, Prince Caffrey, Black Prince, because I wanted him to understand like that, that, you know, he's a black boy and he has to learn to respect and love his, his culture and his skin color. It's very easy to fall up, fall back from that, mm-hmm. from the society in general. So, and, and the, the things like that, that you actually mm-hmm. understand, like I'm teaching him something that he still doesn't know yet until he's grow, he's going to grow up and understand, like now I understand why my father named me this. And then my, mm-hmm. my daughter's name is Oko. Oko is like Okodela, which means beautiful. Trust me, one day they're going to grow up and be like, I'm so glad I have an African name. And from time to time, I bring up my native language to them, the the Shwabo. You know, sometimes my son is like, I don't want to talk like this. You know, he brings this Canadian thing. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm like, you know what? It's cool. It's cool. But you're not going to stop me from doing that. You can choose not to do it, but I'm not going to stop it though. You know? So that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that I feel like I have to bring it up here. And, and you know, especially people also, like, when I go to, like, restaurants or stuff like that, and people are like, you have an accent? I'm like, yes, I'm African. And proud, you know? Can we rant about accents for a second? <laughs> Can we Let's rant go. about accents uh, for a second? I... Nobody was born with an accent. It's not a biological right. feature that a person yes. has. It's a way of speaking. There's Correct. dialect. There's language. There are different yes. tongues from different yes. cultures. At the end of the mm-hmm. day... You have an accent, I have an accent. Especially in the country that belong to the First Nation people. Like, clearly. Exactly. This language is a colonized language in a sense that we're speaking right now. So, of course, most of us are going to have an accent. Honestly, every single person has an accent. Whether it's a Canadian accent or your whatever dialect you speak, whatever tongue Done. you have, every single person Correct. has an accent. Yes. We all do. And it's fine. If you can, if you can understand yes. what I'm saying, why do you feel the need to bring up right. the fact that I yes. have an accent? Exactly. Even like, for example, like Nigeria, for example, when you speak the, the language, for example, and I hear somebody speaking the same language from Nigeria, you can hear a different kind of tonality with it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Shouldn't be we appreciating the fact that, that we yes. have something special? 
Yeah. Especially for a country like yeah. Canada that refers to itself as a mosaic, like of different cultures where it's possible for you to preserve your culture while living in Canada. Yeah, right? right. Accent is part 100%. of that. Accent is part of that. Language is part of that. I think you and I are speaking of the same thing. So it's, it's nice that you're putting more into it as well. It's great. Oh, yeah. There's such a thing with like accents and intelligence. Mm. Like people believe that, oh, the moment <laughs> the moment you have an accent, oh, you yeah. must be, oh, where mm-hmm. are you from? Oh, you sound, are you, they, they start to kind of question your intelligence yeah. and question if you deserve to be there. The word is sophistication. Ooh. If you don't speak with, you know, like when I took my wife to Mozambique in uh, 2000 and when was that? Six, 17, I think. You know, my my parents were like bringing a knife and fork. I say, hey, no, 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 no. Let's put that away, please. Please put that away. Bring mm-hmm. me the water with the bucket. We all going to wash hands. She will wash her hands. I feel like she yeah. actually wants that. Yes. She wants, she came here to learn this culture. That's what she wanted. But I understand my parents were like, wow, you come from North America. We're going to treat you differently because you guys are sophisticated. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want you to treat mm-hmm. me like the same person I was before I left here. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, it's that weird thing. I think as a, as a society, we need to get rid of, mm. if you can understand what a person is saying, they're speaking clearly, mm. even if they're not speaking clearly, have grace and have kindness. You know what I mean? Patience. For for people that, you know, yeah. like you were saying, you literally were saying that you started learning English from a right. dictionary. Yeah. Do you know, like that's yes. hard. That is very it, hard. Until now, until you know what now I mean? my son is three. He corrects my English, you know, and gladly I'll, I'll accept it. But also I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I forget that actually this language is still new to me. I've been here for 16 years, 17 years, still new. So if you if you don't have yeah. patience with people that came here two years ago that are trying to learn, come on. It takes more than that to actually learn. Uh, probably you will just never learn. You just keep learning. That not that life? Because mm-hmm. also we have to, you know, like for, for people that are come here with no language, they do everything it takes to learn. But uh, for people that are already here, they don't have to try too hard. Most of them, as far as I know. They already, yeah. it's, it's like you have it, you know, whether you do it or not, you will learn it. It's part of the thing. But mm-hmm. people like me, you have to learn what this word means and what, what comes after this word. And if this word with this word, then your brain is, 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 is developed to do that. You know, where people that are actually born with the language, you don't have to create that brain mentality of putting those things together. You just know it. Yeah. And in Nigeria, like English is the first mm-hmm. language. Yeah. Right? We we were colonized by the yeah. British, so mm-hmm. like English became our li- lingua franca. Is that the is that the yeah. term? <laughs> but English became like our yeah. first language. Um, and but you know what's interesting, and this is true for literally every single Nigerian immigrant mm. I've spoken to. Even though you're speaking the same English, it's oh, yeah. different. <laughs> like when you move to North America, when you move to whether like Canada oh, yeah. or the U.S. It's very different. Like you're hearing what they're saying, but you're not hearing what they're exactly. saying. It's funny. Like when I went to Mozambique once, you know, and I was talking, this lady comes to me and uh, she she said hello in the native language. And then I said hello back. And then we went to the conversation. I was going for it. And those guys were looking at me like, bro, what's going on, man? You live in Canada. You haven't forgotten this thing? I'm like, wow, mm. this is sad, man. You actually want me to forget the, the thing that is the most important to me right now, which is like the culture and the language. And 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 you want me to actually focus on better being better at English? No. I feel like for me it's the opposite. I 
I actually wish that I, if, I wish I spoke my native language more, but there's not a lot of people here that do, of course. You know, this, the, the community is too small. Yeah. There's almost this weird cultural superiority yeah. thing where people expect that like white culture mm-hmm. or, you know, American or European, uh, North American culture mm-hmm. is just inherently better than African oh, yeah. culture. There's just that weird mentality that I found where people are just like, oh, you know, like there's just this kind of like side eye that they mm-hmm. give you when, you know, you're going hard for your culture or you, you're choosing yes. like to speak in your accent or, you know, there's just this weird thing of like, oh, you're yeah. from there. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's that snobbery, yeah. which I found to be <laughs> very, very interesting yeah. and, and ridiculous. Exactly. But oh, my goodness. Communication here is so yeah. intricate and yeah. layered. And as an immigrant, you are finding your way like you're in a maze. Like, oh, that's a wall. Nope. One thing that bothered me a lot, even until now it does, is the word, what do you mean? Because, I don't know, I grew up in a place like whatever you said is actually what you meant. Exactly. <laughs> but but here, if I see you like, oh, wow. Uh, oh, 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 like, for example, if you give a seat to somebody, a lady, okay, here's a the seat. They're like, why? Is that because I'm old? You know? No, I didn't mean like that. I'm just giving you a seat please it's it's just a polite thing to do yeah i'm i'm not i don't know what you're thinking but i think the gesture is clear i didn't mean anything just you know i'm just being nice yeah can i be nice without without meaning something else it's that is that cultural difference to where like mm-hmm. you know it's something that's seen as respect in one yeah. culture is seen as disrespect in another culture which is just mind-boggling to like as an immigrant try to integrate yourself in in the society and understand you can really turn your head upside down because you don't want to hurt people's feelings like you don't want to be disrespectful but it's so hard not to step on those toes until you find a way until you learn right no i think people want you to be the your full self but it's not easy to be your full self when you when you come from a different country with a different culture you have to like watch and learn and understand how things are done before you do anything before your full self you have to like cut it you have to cut it a little bit and and people people want you to be your full self until you are actually being your full mm-hmm. self until you bring your full self they're like oh no 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 please no please don't but mm-hmm. polga thank you so much this has been such an amazing <laughs> enlightening conversation with you i appreciate you taking the yeah. time i appreciate you being a yeah. guest on afros in the diaspora yes. and you know i just i just need you to drop one word of advice for the listeners one little gem that we can just live here today with man uh i mean there's a there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things that i know advice that i can give but most advice everybody already know and they heard you know like be nice and be kind and be respectful and just care i think we all know that it's just you know like you have to be kind people and also you have to know that everybody's going mm-hmm. through something so if someone hurts you a little bit with something be patient you know they, they, they they're going through something that they yeah. can't say well there's a lot of things that i love can i share one or two or three or, or two, two. I'll, I'll go with two my um my my mm-hmm. mother-in-law gave me this this advice said uh it's not about finding the right partner it's about being one. Ooh, ooh, right okay in my mind, because we always, mm. and that applies to life in general, because we say like when someone is being, you know, hard, you feel like it's their fault all the time. But I'm like, it's maybe, maybe it's not them. It's not, a, it's about, it's, a, it's about wow. being a good person. It's not about, it's not, you know, and, 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 and that for me, it hit me. It's not about finding the right partner. It's about being one. If you work at being good one and that other person is working at being a good partner, then that's it. And this is life in general. This is not just a relationship thing. Wow. This is work. If I'm working with you and I'm working at being my best and you're working at being your best, 
we come together, we go in the right direction. It's not a, you know, I don't, I don't want to point finger at you if I'm not doing my job. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's wow. one of those advice, you know? And then uh, the African proverb that I go by is like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Oh, snaps on snaps money. on snaps. That's money. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to wow. go fast. Because that's true. It speaks to the power of community Exactly. Too. If you go together, because people are with you, you just have to ask, you know, you just have to know that people are there for you. But uh, if, but in, in North America, yes. I think people like to go fast. Back home, people like to go far, you know, like raising a child is everybody's job. It's, uh, it, you, you're not rushing to get this kid to university. You're rushing for this kid to learn the principles of life right now first, here. How to, re- how to respect people, mm. how to do certain things, you know. But uh, here it's like, oh, my God, I want to drop mm-hmm. my kid and then, you know, pick him up at 5 o'clock. And then, you know, three years later, I want my kid to go to this school. This is it. And then we keep forgetting about the now, wow. now, now. Yeah. Present. Thank you so much, Polga. That is so in- <laughs> insightful and very wise. Um, Bless. Yeah. Again, I can't thank you enough no. for being one of our guests for this uh, for thank this you. podcast. And you know, tell the people where they can find you on the Insta. Or yeah, on the I'm uh, in all platforms. You can find me uh, Pulga Dance. That's my uh, my company, Pulga Dance, and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, my website is www.pulgadance.com. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the way to find me. And also, shout outs to you, Sarah. Man, I, uh, I appreciate you having me in your podcast. You know, I uh, I I knew it. I'm like when you asked me, I'm like this is gonna be fun. You know, because I feel like you have this energy that is it just makes people comfortable around you. So I feel like I I came here with that knowing that this is gonna happen. So thank you. Uh, thank you for yeah, that. I received that. Thank you yeah, so boy, much. Yeah, have a great yes rest of your day. Thank, thank you. you again for being a part of this podcast. And uh, thank you. Yeah, for our listeners, we'll see you in the next podcast. One, Stay tuned. One love. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Afros in the Diaspora. I hope this episode left you feeling inspired and hopeful. To engage, feel free to like, follow, share, and subscribe to Afros in the Diaspora on all social media and podcast platforms. Remember to leave a review and a rating. If you would like to be a guest, please reach out. Send an email to hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. That is hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at afrosinthediaspora. Remember, there is beauty in our stories and power in our voices. Together, we are stronger. Until next time.